life says me, far as I've been knowing. Having time to snack around in comfort all the year. So when we get a little time before our boat gets going, we head on down to the library and this is what we hear. Come, Come on, on in, look all around, around there's plenty for to see. Make your own self right at home, I love the library. Welcome to Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. I'm Kari Peterson, and today I'm here with Marisol Westoff and your three little girls. Yeah. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah, um, I'm Marisol Westoff, and I just moved here almost permanently uh, 10 years ago, I think or 11, around 2009, 2010. But three years later, I we decided to stay seven months a year here. Um, yeah, so we have, your children are here with you. Yes, yes. they are, three of them, three, three of them. under five. Three, three under five. <laughs> five, three years, and... Ten months. And ten months. Mm -hmm. So it's busy. It's really busy. Would you like to say hello? You could say hello if you would like to. You want to say hi? You can say what your name is and how old you are. 
name. What's what is it? your name? My name? No. This this is a microphone. <laughs> Do you know and it records our voices. And so we can listen to what we're saying. Yeah? <laughs> She's shy. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. But very curious. You want to yes. know what's going on here, huh? Yeah, why am I talking to your mom? Do you know? What's the baby doing in there? We want to we want to hear how your mom came to live to in Petersburg. Mhm. Yeah. yeah, so it was um, the salmon season when I came here, but I'm from Los Mochis, Sinaloa, Mexico, and everything started because I was done with high school. Then from high school, we go university in Mexico. But I decided I wanted to make some money to buy some things for myself. My mom had had four of us, two boys and two girls. We grew up in Los Mochis next to a church. We were like in the middle class. We never needed anything, but we never had anything fancy. My mom worked really hard for her whole life and she was a very, very smart woman. She has a career and she retired. She's an engineer in biochemistry in food and she she taught, she was a teacher in the first university of my hometown. So was, uh, we were four and she didn't have um, a lot of money to spend in nice things like a laptop for each one of us. So I was about to start university and was like, okay, I want to get a laptop and a camera, a professional camera. And then just do shopping and buy whatever I want. So I tried to be a nanny, but my English was really bad because I wasn't really good at the school, but I was okay with it. I was a very strong swimmer my whole life and uh, in a professional way because the school education was really hard for me. So my parents were pushy about about esports with me, not necessarily with my older siblings. I was the only one that needed something else besides the school because were the times where my parents didn't know kids can be different. My parents were very old. My parents were old school, so that wasn't a a choice like that, that didn't exist that what someone choice? could be different oh okay like if I'm very slow at the school uh, then I can be really good physically okay so yeah. they didn't know but they were pushy in sports because they kind of had an idea but oh there was is that why you went so much because you did swimming year round in Mexico yes as a year child. around and I used to wake up at 4 a.m. and swim 2,000 kilometers, 2,000 meters, um, two kilometers, and then complete three kilometers at 5 p.m. So I can make five in the day or six. And so how many was hours really, a day were you swimming? As a my whole, like the whole day before I go to school when we were getting ready for the races. Mm-hmm. And then after school, and I was just eight years old, 
and maybe three times a year we used to do that, that waking up at 4 a.m. and uh, be done before school and then again go back to the pool at 5 p.m. and be done at around 8 p.m. And okay. so I grew up just in this club where my mom had us and my brothers were tennis players and so I wanted to make some money and I decided I wanted to have an adventure too, some experience in another country and because I always been very adventurous. <laughs> you want to be part of it too? Yeah. Yes. Here comes the baby. <laughs> hey, who still has that toy? Yeah. It's okay. She can still have the toy. Yes. 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 <laughs> but who's eating with the toy? She's eating the toy. Yeah. yeah. So I applied for a baby for a, for a nanny at Alper, and I didn't get any jobs because my English was so bad and. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't really get into a family. Um, I had some applications, but my mom wasn't sure about the family that was emailing me. There was one family where there was a single father with no mom, but he had a girl, and she was just like, no, I'm not going to yeah. send you with a single father. <laughs> my mom is a very religious woman, and so that was very important for her to have the whole family and uh, they can take care of her daughter. It was the first time I was going to be away, so she was very nervous. Then a friend, a friend of hers, she was like, my son goes to Alaska in the seasons. There is someone in Culiacan, which is three hours away from my hometown. Um, you can have your daughter to go to the meetings and see if she wants and she was like would you like to go to Alaska and I said sure <laughs> like oh there are some meetings I didn't even think twice I was just so ready to leave home and I grew up in a very hostile environment yeah, like oh, mm -hmm. so leaving home for me leaving home for me was a priority so I did all the meetings and all the papers. It was a very serious, um, we applied for the J-1 visa, so it was a very serious process to get here. Yeah. They bought us some tickets, but we pay a lot of money too. And they said they would refund, refund some of the money uh, when we go back to our country. And they did. It was a very good company, Icicle Seafoods. So a bunch of Mexicans, we came here, and I was the youngest. I was 18. We were a bunch of Mexicans and Europeans and some Colombian, Latin America. So we were all from the same age range because we okay. were all university students with this visa so it was a very cool fun experience and we were doing as many hours as we wanted by, by back then and um, so we, what, about what year was it that you came uh, it was 2010 I think or 2009 I'm not okay. sure but they can they were going to cancel this program this J1 visa around 2012 or 2013 so I came the first season and I had a great time and I was the baby I couldn't go to the bars and I couldn't do much but <laughs> there was a lot of like there is a lot of nature here and woods and 
That was very magical, and just having parties. The parties from Icico were super fun. People were super friendly. They welcomed us really nice. And there were a bunch of drama, but it's just a part of it, I guess. Yeah. And um, it was very fun, so I decided to go back the next season. And I remember uh, this guy was walking in the area where I was working, was called storage, and now that guy is my husband. <laughs> so I came back the second season, and I was always thinking he was really cute. The last season was my third, and the last one when they were saying, okay, we're going to cancel this visa. Okay. And something very strong happened to me. I lost my boyfriend uh, because where I come from, I think a lot of people know it, but Sinaloa has a lot of history in mafia and violence and all of that. Yeah, it has a very strong history. And, um, so my friends and my boyfriends were part of it like my friend's family it's just everything is just so related there to the mafia a lot of times you don't have escape and it's just really strong environment and you have this business and then these people come and tell you you have to do this otherwise so whole Sinaloa is kind of into yeah. that and it's really hard it's very special when they are not like my mom <laughs> she's been a teacher her whole life and she got to experience many things like that she was at some point the director of the a very nice art school art and disabled school she was the director okay. like for disabled kids yeah. and they used to have concerts and it was a beautiful place my mom I remember one time she was like oh they were fighting <laughs> they were fighting outside and all of a sudden this guy with a huge truck come and comes inside and there was a big gate with a big parking lot inside at the school and um He's like, I'll pay you 500 pesos if you let me park here and hide. And my mom was like, no, 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 you go. I don't like those things. Because <laughs> my mom is very, very funny and very honest. And she's like, I don't like those things. Go away. And he's like, I need to hide. And my mom wouldn't let him stay. And he left. And I was like, mom, why do you do that? Like He could have just killed you there. And he's like. I'm not, she's like, she was like, I'm not afraid. He can kill me. He was just being nutty and da, 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 in a very funny way. But, like, if you think about it, my mom could have died. So yeah. A lot of things like that that my mom wouldn't let people just, um, push her around. Push her around. Yeah. <laughs> All these just all around. So I found that very, one of the things that my mom was very brave in. I was the last one left at home. My, all my siblings were out studying. My oldest, he finished university and he was working already. And my youngest brother, he was starting university and my sister was still studying. Doctor, um, she did graduate, but just recently, like last year, it took her like eight years. <laughs> yeah. um, so I was the only one there and my mom was really very stressed and also she wasn't having the best time with my dad 
so my second year, I came here by myself and everything went wonderful. And then my second season too, but my mom separated, I think, that year from my dad. And she was very vulnerable. Yeah. And I was having this great time here. And then I came back and my boyfriend, I had a boyfriend this couple months ago. And then he, we were so in love. We were in that time, we were super in love because we were just beginning the first months. And he disappeared. Um, he was doing some things with a friend that I knew he was into something bad. And he disappeared and I never hear from him back. And I was really close to his family. And so that was another really hard thing for me. And this last season that it was in the last salmon season, I wasn't sure if I was going back, but I was going to therapy. So my therapist told me that he disappeared in October after I came back the second season. So I had a couple of months of therapy, really good months. And then by May, when I had to apply, I think, she was, I was like, I don't know what to do. I still feel I don't want to leave. But this is the last season. They will cancel the J-1 visa. And, and she was like, you have nothing to do here. We already talked about everything. And this is a process and it's going to take time. Um, you should go and just experience the last salmon season. It's going to help that you go and see and just be in other place be, besides being around the same problem and the same people and just visiting your old boyfriend's family and no words from him and so I was like that makes sense I just should go with all my pain and just I think that will help a lot and I got here and I think the second week uh, my husband <laughs> <laughs> we, me and him, we cross eyes. We cross eyes the other season too, but we never really talked. But we were always smiling to each other, and I was always like, that man is just beautiful. And the way he walks and this, I was just, um, how do you say, in love with him. But like how you get in love with an artist that you think they, it, nothing will never happen. And So the last season, um, it happened. He invited me for a for a hike in the mountains and he found out I was really bad at it because my hometown is so flat and he has a big hill <laughs> but only one so it's not for hike it's already he it has all the electrical stuff for the, my hometown and my hometown is around 3,000 300,000 people I believe now it's probably more than 400,000 people so oh, wow. we think it's a small compared to Mexico City and all the big cities but it's not small like you can you can hide there um so yeah uh, that's how it started and then at the end of the salmon season it was a very fun experience just to date um it was the gossip of this year like <laughs> me and Tom in the cannery, in the yeah. cannery in the, it was so funny because all the women's working at the office everybody like people that know him that he's a very quiet nice guy and just 
very centered on himself and never dating like kind of workers or <laughs> all of a sudden this happened and this um yeah and it worked out and it was everybody were like you dating tom you dating tom and i was yeah i am but at the end of the season i was okay what's gonna happen and he was like come to india with me so my mom was invite me to india and my mom was having this really hard time time and then uh i was like i'm gonna go because my mom is being so vulnerable. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> that you're going to get away with it? <laughs> that I'm going to get away with it. And How old were I you, said, 19? Nine, I think. 19 or 20? Yeah. yeah, I was about to turn 20, I think. Okay. Or 21. I can't remember. Yeah, so I was like, I'm going to go buy the tickets, and I'm going to tell my mom, we're just going to go four days, and then we can fly out. And he was like, sure. Oh, you're going to go see your mom for four yes, days? Yes, for four days because my mom was like, I want to meet that guy. You can bring him, but I don't know. She Because I told her and she was just, just bring it. I want to meet him and we'll see. But it sounded that she wanted me to experience more because she was having such a hard time with work, with family that she didn't want me really around because her life was very, very hard and she didn't want me to see it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we went and my husband met, met her and everything went really good because my husband is a really good guy. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a big gap difference. Um, but his soul is beautiful. <laughs> He's 20 years older than me, so... Um, yeah, she met him, and she was like, okay, I'm going to let you go. But it was so funny because after she told me the story that she went to the priest, to different priests, and to therapy, and to all her friends, just asking her, asking them what she should do. So she was really concerned. So, yeah, I went and experienced India, other countries, and then... Me and Tom, me and my husband, we were still very in love. And after being in India for three months, four months, I came back here. I came back to Mexico, my university, do some stuff. I started, and then that began studying university. And then it was two months, three months. So I, when in the break, I was coming to visit my husband, and then again university. And then again visiting my husband, and we did India one more winter. So what did you do in India? So it's another, um, it was super amazing. Um, he took me to a, this amazing yoga teacher. So he was teaching um, skiing in Telluride for 10 years. No, this is your husband, Tom. Yeah, this is my husband, Tom. And... He, something happened to his back uh, or his knees, and then he, the doctor told him, I can give you meds or I can, um, you can start doing yoga and take care of your body. And he had a cousin at that time that was in Asia, and he was becoming a Buddhist, and he had been experienced some yoga teachers, so he was, he emailed him and texted him, 
what I should do, which yoga teacher you recommend me, and he had three good ones in Asia, and my husband picked this German. So this yoga teacher, his name is Rolf, and he married this um, American woman. So they both do a very good team teaching yoga. He is German, but he escaped to India when he was very young, and he lived in the woods for many years. And he met this yoga teacher back, like, I don't know, he's now almost 80. When he was really young, he met this yoga teacher who was living also in the mountains in India, and he began to learn from him. And, Then he moved to another very famous yoga teacher. This is called Ashtanga Yoga, and it's like a, there are, there are levels, level until level four, but um, only like two people in the whole world, less than one hand, know the level four. The level one is really hard. You do the same poses, but it's a very beautiful flow of breathing without music so when I got to India and it was our first day of yoga these 30 people from all over the world that go see this amazing yoga teacher um, they are young and beautiful bodies they already they already knew what to do and I didn't I was new and then I go inside this room and all I hear is Like this deep breathing from who knows where it was coming. And um, these crazy poses and just these super concentrated people. And like there, every, there were like three, four lines of like ten, eight, nine, eight, seven people each one. And it was just very amazing to just set, set up my mat, yoga mat and my space and just be practicing next to these professionals that... They are the best teachers, the best teachers in Greece or in Croatia, in China, um, in Italy. And I was just new and I was like, wow, this is pretty amazing. And these people are like, wow, just to themselves. Like there was nothing else. And my yoga teacher just comes and adjusts you. And maybe sometimes I talk to you if you have to work in something, but not necessary. It's mostly adjusting. And now I keep having my practice after three kids. But yeah, um, it's a very beautiful, interesting w way of practice that y you take it with you forever. You only need a yoga mat and sometimes, sometimes you don't even need it. And because it's the same poses, but you don't feel the same every day. Um, you get to concentrate in your breathing, in your mind, in your in yourself, and you find yourself in this state of mind that nothing else will give you, only by listening to your breath and feeling how your body flows. It's just very magical and just by yourself, no one around, and so I really, really enjoy it. It's very similar to swimming. Okay. That you only stare at the, at the bottom of the pool, but 
you can feel how you're doing your, um, yeah. how you call it, your arms, your legs, your body. What do you need to do? You're always kind of thinking in, like, life things, but you always go back to your breathing and to your body and to being concentrated. So I find that very similar to swimming and just very magical. And I'm like, okay, I don't need to, like, make a big bag with a towel and a swimsuit and caps and googles and it's less work I just put on my map I can do it with clothes or without clothes and I have a bunch of kids now so every time they nap I just do that like we put the yoga mat and get ready to have my practice and I still practicing I never stop because I know it's really good for for me and it's like a therapy. Nice. So I am always really grateful that he took me there and I just took that with me no matter what is in me now. Uh, but you guys go back to India. Yes, we went back for, I think I, I did eight years and he did 11 or 10. He, so we go back to see our teacher and then we find another one that teaches yoga with blocks. It's called Iyengar, which is also very nice because the other one is more kind of gymnastics and hard. So you can you can easily hurt yourself if you don't have a good teacher that guide you yeah. and teach you. Um, yeah, we go back to India. We ca- we went there with one girl, and then we went there with both girls. My my middle one learned to walk there, and then um, the virus hit. You were in India when the virus hit. Mm-hmm. We were in India, and then it was this last time we went. We had both girls, and was. We were in China, Thailand, and then we did India. But when we were in China, there was nothing going on about the virus. The virus, I think, hit March. Yeah. Uh huh. So my husband just pay one month of yoga, and we were like, "Great, we're gonna stay here." But we start hearing rumors about the virus, and my husband reads the news every day every time he can every time we find the internet in India (laughs) so he's always informed he studied in he's also a professional swimmer he went to University of John Hopkins because he was a really good swimmer and he got a I don't know how scholarship a scholarship yeah so your husband went to John Hopkins University yeah and um so he had a lot of friends. He had a lot of friends who do- were doctors. doctor friends, a lot of doctors, and just people that scientists were yeah. studying scientists that were scientists. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and um, he was studying economy, so he knows about that side of the, of life about um, research, some researching, yeah. and. Um, all the scientists, what scientists do, and you know that very complicated um, side of life that some people like it, and some people agree, and some people don't. Yeah. Um, so we went to India, and we loved it there. He loved it there, but we got this kind of people that don't believe in those things, don't believe in vaccinations, and I don't, I don't care really. I respect. 
um, that don't believe in that side, in scientists and that side of life, and they are very about energy and about yoga people are a lot about chakras, and, which is very interesting. I I respect everything, and I don't know if I if I believe, but I believe a lot of things, but. I'm not very attached to my beliefs, so I'm very flexible. Um, so these yoga people, the virus was hitting, and these yoga people, we had some good friends, and they were like, you shouldn't be reading the news. The news are not saying the truth. Just You, you should stick at what you feel. What are you feeling now? I remember these Polish friends just being like, just trust your energy. And I was just like, oh, okay. But my husband kept reading, and he was like, oh, my God, this virus is getting close. So we just paid the yoga amount of yoga. And then a week later, it was so bad that he's like, I bought the tickets. And I'm like, what? We're living in three days, so we need to pack. We just bought an air conditioner to keep the room cold and um, just spend money to stay longer. We wanted to go to Europe. My husband quit his job by, back that time, so we wanted to go live in Europe and maybe go back like in two years to U.S. So we okay. were kind of ready for a long stay in, in traveling and yeah no we came we flew back in three days later from New Delhi to San Francisco 16 hours with the two girls and we just hid with my parents in line they live in California for three weeks but uh, a week after we flew out they locked down the lockdown happened and my friends were totally locked down and my Polish friend that was always telling me oh no you should trust your energy and stuff like that um she was like, they don't want to send us any planes. They lock us down. We cannot find food. They are abusing us. And they wouldn't send. I think they were stuck there for a couple of months. Oh, wow. Yes, until they start sending planes to send people home. But it was very traumatizing. And it was very amazing that my husband basically saved us from that. <laughs> and we were the only people who had two kids in that yoga, with that yoga teacher. Uh, people with kids, normally they don't go because, you know, having kids is a lot of work. It's, but me and my husband, we were doing a good team. I was, go I was going to practice at 5 a.m. and then he goes after me at 8 a.m. and I'll feed the girls. And so... Um, it was a really, really hardcore practice when the practice is, well, the practice, by the way, starts at 5 a.m., but my teacher would let me go there late. But before, we used to wake up at 3 I used to wake up at 3.30 a.m. so I can do some meditation and a stretch when we didn't have kids or when I got pregnant for about five years. In India, five seasons. We used to go the seasons for three, four months. Every. It was a really, really serious practice, and we really got into it. When I was coming to visit him, we used to practice three to five hours, just get so deep into it, and no music, nothing, no talking. We help each other, and after that, we will cook a very good, mostly my husband will cook a very good dinner, and just easy rice noodles with salmon fried and greens and it was just really good lifestyle then after that when we start having kids we stopped practicing um, 
together for that long time. And now he bought a company when we came back from the virus. We were, it was also a very hard decision, but we decided that we wanted to buy this company. It's Coastal, coastal cold yeah, coastal yeah. cold storage, and it's been really good. We are, we have three kids now. The last years that the virus hit, we went to India and to India to Hawaii, and I had, well, I had my middle child and my last baby in Kauai, and um, yeah, so it's been very interesting with very cool midwives. Uh, kind of hippie <laughs> and then he bought this company and it's been going really good but definitely we have to stay longer to take care of another baby <laughs> you know like yeah. owning a company is not it's like another baby yeah. <laughs> things break and you you have to be present and take care of it and so, yeah, it's been very fun to be in Petersburg with the three girls. I really found peace in Petersburg. In my hometown, I w wasn't able to feel the difference in what, uh, what a hostile environment. I was in violent and aggressive, and I was always very alert. And when I came to Petersburg, I got to experience peace and quietness and just... Uh, it was really hard at the beginning. You kind of get scared of it because you're like, wow, I'm so lonely. But no, you're not. It's like you're in peace. And okay. my practice and feels so different when I go visit my mom and when I, I'm here. And just life is very beautiful here. I love the way life is in a little island in Petersburg. Um, loving to see my child growing up here. That's when I really, I was like, I need, I want to stay in Petersburg. I need to stay here. <laughs> the longest is like home, it's home. And uh, because you are just safe anywhere you go. I mean, yeah, there are predators like bears <laughs> and wolves, but they are not hard to find. So uh, seeing my kids growing up here and being able to go to the playgrounds and be safe and just um, the way people take care of each other, that feel of community. One thing is that we don't stay the winter, but I know people get closer and stronger in the winter. They help each other. But also, when we're here during the other seven months, um, we have experienced a lot of support. People are really, really nice here. Um, even if you have problems, they still there to help you when you really need help. And that's really important that the village got, got your back. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's also very important to have th that peace in your, in your life. I have three girls, and having three girls in these times in Mexico, it's really um, dangerous now. You cannot go out and walk anymore because they are taking girls to who knows where. So it's very dangerous uh, to be a, a woman in Mexico in, in these times. And just being that, that, just seeing that Petersburg hasn't changed since I got here and it's still safe and beautiful and just people are still very nice and nothing has changed really. Um, it's this beautiful little island where you can just feel free and safe. 
it's very, very important. Thank you for sharing with us. You have such a you have such an amazing story, and I um, I know there's a lot of extra noise going on, but that's because you have these three girls, and you're with them all the time. I'm with their with them all the time. My oldest is starting kindergarten this season at the school, and I'm really excited. I have here only positive things about this school, and I know these moms. I have a friend that just got to. T- to town and she homeschools she has five kids and she's like you know I always homeschool but I just feel safe here and I want to send my kids to school here and all I hear is about these amazing teachers and just a wonderful school and I'm not afraid of putting my girl there and she wasn't either and I'm sure a lot of moms are like her that it just it's just this little island that and people that makes you feel safe and, yeah. and loved. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you for talking to us. And yeah. I have to say, I'm glad you ended up at PFI. Yes. And not as a nanny, although somebody surely missed out. Yes. Because you are an amazing mother. And <laughs> Thank you. I, I try. I'm not perfect, but I try. Yeah. No, you're wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. This has been Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. Thank you to the friends of Petersburg Libraries for making today's show possible.